Welcome to Fast Fiction. An ordinary couple. They were just an ordinary couple. Neat house, neat garden, neat suburb. I had known them for years. Our children had been school friends, and even when they had outgrown each other, we had continued our friendship. Occasional parties, tennis, but mostly through playing bridge, or turn at homes. The last Friday in the month. On this particular Tuesday, I was returning from a walk to the local shops when the heel came off my shoe. It was both unsightly and uncomfortable, so being close to their home, I thought I would call in and get Ted to fix it temporarily for me. It would only need a few taps of the hammer. It was about ten thirty when I stood on the porch, ringing the bell and admiring the garden. It was always tidy and always in colour. Somehow their roses were the first to come out and last to give in to the winter frosts. Dead leaves and twigs never scattered their lawn, and nothing ever seemed to outgrow itself. Absolute magic. Ted answered the door. His face registered surprise at seeing me, but he made me welcome nevertheless. Come in, come in, he said, smiling. Marjorie will be glad to see you. We were just about to stop off for morning tea. He ushered me into the lounge and through to the kitchen. Look who's just visiting, Marge. He called out cheerily behind me. I walked through the house and couldn't help but notice that both the dining and lounge room seemed very untidy. Certainly not up to its usual last Friday in the month standard. Marjorie was in the kitchen and she too was somewhat tousled, not her usual immaculate self. She seemed a little agitated, though she smiled warmly when she saw me. Oh, Pat, what a nice surprise! I was just about to make a pot of tea. You will join us, won't you? Nodding agreement, I explained once more the reason for my unexpected call, and she laughed gaily. Oh, I had that happen to me once, but Ted can fix that in a jiffy, can't you, dear? I sat down on the kitchen chair, took the shoe off, and Ted looked at it critically. I can certainly patch it up for you, Pat, but you'll need a proper repair job for the long term. That's fine, Ted. I only need to get home. Well, I can run you home in the car if you like. Ted was being his customary helpful self. I insisted I would rather continue on with my walk on such a lovely day. Okay, whatever you like, he said, and went out the side door to the garage. I noticed that Marjorie was getting out four cups and made mention of the fact to her. I wondered if her daughter Susan was home from uni. No, the extra cup is for Mrs. Jefferson, just in case she wakes up. This latter remark was said, accompanied by a slight frown, as she went out to the corridor to listen at the door of the spare bedroom. I can't hear anything, she said as she came back. Do I know a Mrs. Jefferson? I asked in surprise. I thought I knew all of Ted and Marjorie's friends. I don't expect so, dear. She only comes to town on the first Monday in the month. She's from Alara. I waited for further explanations, but when it came, I wasn't prepared for it. She's the medium we use for our witch's coven. I stared at Marjorie, my mouth open. The what? The clairvoyant we use with our witch's coven, Pat. I'm sorry, dear. We never thought to invite you and Michael because we didn't think you believed in the occult. Michael has always made such a point of being an unbeliever in religion or the supernatural. 
Just then, we heard the noise of the toilet flush and water flowing in the bathroom. Marjorie's face broke into a smile. Oh, thank goodness, that's Mrs Jefferson. I'll take her a cup of tea. She began busying herself with pouring another cup. We were a little concerned because she conjured up six spirits last night and by the time she got to the last one, she was completely exhausted, poor thing. She simply passed out on the floor. Ted and I had to carry her to bed. With the tea in her hand, Marjorie gave me a quick smile. Excuse me a minute, Pat. I heard her go down the hall and knock on the bedroom door. She waited a moment and then entered. I sat in stupefaction, still trying to register what she had told me. When she returned, she now had colour on her pretty face. Well, that's a relief, she said. Ted will be pleased. We were quite concerned, you see. Last time that happened to her, she was out cold for three days. I sat there, my head teeming with questions. The friend I had known for nearly twenty years had obviously enjoyed a life that I knew nothing about. Marjorie, what exactly do you mean by a witch's coven? What do you do? Marjorie's laugh tinkled with gaiety. <laughs> yes, it does seem odd, doesn't it? It took Ted and I ages to get used to the idea. What idea? Oh, th the idea that I'm a witch. Once again she laughed good-naturedly as she patted my hand. But don't worry, I'm a white witch. We all are. Ted came back into the kitchen with my shoe and his wife gave him a small hug. I've just been to see Mrs Jefferson, Ted, and she's fine. A little tired still, of course, and she says as it's so late she won't have breakfast, but she's looking forward to lunch. Oh, great. Ted's face was wreathed in smiles. I thanked him for my shoe, and whilst I was putting it back on, I said as nonchalantly as I could, I've just heard that Marjorie is a witch, Ted. How about you? Are, are you a warlock? His face became quite serious. No, Pat, I'm afraid I'm not. I've had a jolly good try, but I can't seem to get the hang of it. But Marjorie is getting awfully good. He looked at his wife with admiration. She can do quite a lot of magic now. She'll be up to the second level soon, I'm sure. Feeling excited and triggery inside, I asked, What's the second level? Marjorie looked a little embarrassed and flustered. Well, actually, I'm ages away from the second level, but yes, I am getting on quite well, though it's true that poor old Ted is struggling. I was persistent. Well, all right, so what can you do at first level? Marjorie thought for a moment, then said, Well, it's hard to explain, and to be honest, Pat, our meetings are rather confidential. Then putting the fragrant lemon-scented beverage before me, she said, I tell you what, why don't you attend our next meeting? Then you can see for yourself. It is next meeting. We have our open members night, isn't it, Ted? Ted nodded his head. Yes, that's right. It should be a good night, too. Remember, Marge, we're putting on a special supper. They chatted between themselves animatedly, increasing my curiosity, but I was assured all questions would be answered at members' night. Then, aware that I had engagements of my own that afternoon, I got up to leave. Once again, Ted offered to drive me home. No, I'm fine, I said, but I will take you up on that offer to attend the next, um, the, the next witches' meeting, I stammered over the 
unused expression. Both nodded happily as I made my way to the front door. Yes, of course. Here, next Monday week, seven o'clock for a 7.30 supper. I made my way down the path before a thought occurred to me. Oh, and what about supper? Should I bring a plate? That would be nice, dear. Yes, we all contribute little delicacies. Marjorie called out as she went to close the door. Wait! Wait! I called back, suddenly feeling a little more self-conscious. Um, what sort of delicacy? Marjorie's head bobbed back briefly. Oh, anything you think appropriate, Pat. I don't know. Um, well, maybe a few frog's legs. Um, bat wings or, or bird's nest, if they're, if they're in season. The door closed firmly shut before I got to the gate. Frog's legs, bat's wings, bird's nests. Had I heard it right? And where did you get such delicacies? And how did you prepare them? And was that a squeal of laughter I could hear as I turned through the gate? Or was I imagining it? You have been listening to An Ordinary Couple, written by Brianda Cross and performed by Brianda Cross and Trevor Bell. We hope you enjoyed this little bit of magic to lead you into the spirit of Christmas. Thank you. Should I bring a plate?